Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. There are across the world we know, or think we know, tale after tale of haunted ships and ghost ships, like the famous or infamous Flying Dutchman. Other stories have a decidedly Pirates of the Caribbean air to them. Ships that are as solid as can be, which simply vanish in the night fog. But I want to take a bit of a different tack. Uh, sorry about that, you sea dogs. On this episode, I want to talk about American warships, which have a history of hauntings, strange occurrences, and downright ghostly visitations, particularly warships of the 20th century which have survived in various situations into this, the 21st century. Our first offering, and forgive me for having a little state pride, the battleship Texas is actually named USS Texas BB-35. A little history about my home state's namesake, the battleship Texas is the second U.S. Navy ship named Texas. It is a New York-class battleship, first commissioned in 1914. It was modeled after the HMS Dreadnought of the Royal Navy. It is the last surviving battleship to have served in both world wars and the only remaining ship fashioned after the aforementioned Dreadnought. It was commissioned in 1914. In 1916, it received the first anti-aircraft guns for protection. It was the first to use computers. And I'm not talking about the chip and fan and keyboard type of computers that we have nowadays. These were basically push-button calculators of, of the era for fire control. Uh, firing the big guns, making it much more accurate. 1925, she was refitted with fuel oil boilers, having the original coal-fired ones replaced. 1939, Texas was fitted with one of the first shipboard radar units. And prior to U.S. entry into World War II in 1941, the USS Texas fell under the sights of a German U-boat. She was set to be sent to the bottom of the ocean, but Adolf Hitler himself denied permission to fire, an order that was expanded to include any U.S. ships at the time. And that order eventually went the way of all Adolfisms. The USS Texas was used to assist in the D-Day invasion 
offering offshore artillery support. After D-Day, it went down towards Cherbourg, France, where it took fire from coastal defense guns, all of two rounds. The first shell hit the ship and exploded, injuring 12 men and killing only one. This was the lone death aboard the Texas, ever. The second shell hit but failed to explode. The Navy took the shell, disarmed it, then returned it to the ship as a good luck charm where it remains to this day. She was then transferred to the Pacific Theater and engaged in many of the battles there, including the battle for Iwo Jima. Then the war ended. In time, the USS Texas was offered to the state of Texas and was birthed at its present location just off of the San Jacinto battlefield. General Sam Houston and his Texican army swept down on and attacked the Mexican army under the command of General Santa Ana on April 21, 1836. In San Jacinto Day festivities on April 21, 1948, the U.S. Texas became property of the state and she was struck from the active Navy rolls. She became a floating museum. The stories of hauntings aboard the Texas include strange noises in the area of the engine room and the appearance of a red-headed sailor appearing on the second deck. A very strange story is told of a female caretaker entering the trophy room, also on the second deck, and entering a time slip. And she said that she had stepped into the trophy room and came out in a cemetery in France. Those are pretty much the stories told of the USS Texas. Not very scary, no, but mysterious all the same. In the last few years, several ghost hunting groups have done investigations on board the ship, but their collective finds, collective finds haven't measured very much. Perhaps with such a relatively unblemished record, Regarding battle deaths, the ship is free of typical hauntings. Haunted? Maybe. Perhaps. Probably. We moved down the coast of Texas for one that I've mentioned before in the Mysteries of the Texas Coast show. We're visiting the USS Lexington, CV-16. She's birthed at Corpus Christi. She's an Essex-class ship. The ship was being built in the Four River Shipyard when the active ship named Lexington was sunk in the Battle of the Coral Sea. Her name was supposed to be the USS Cabot, but the powers that be decided to name her the Lexington. She was the fifth ship to be named after the famous Revolutionary War battle. Commissioned in 1943, she was decommissioned in 1991 and briefly was decommissioned from 1947 to 1955. During her World War II service, she was nicknamed the Blue Ghost by the infamous Japanese propagandist 
Tokyo Rose due to the claims of the Japanese that they had sunk her at least four times. Parenthetically, one has to wonder if the sinking of the original Lexington was part of that count. Close parentheses. The Lady Lex served honorably during World War II. Her planes destroyed 372 enemy planes in the air, another 475 on the ground. She destroyed 300,000 tons of enemy cargo and damaged an additional 600,000 tons. The ship's guns downed 15 planes and assisted in the destruction of five others. She earned 11 battle stars and a commendation from President Roosevelt. 370 men died aboard the Lexington, but not all were combat deaths. Some were injuries and deaths from onboard accidents, and others were from illness. According to the stories, ghostly events include images of a Japanese pilot and an American sailor seen standing together. A blue-eyed seaman named Charlie has been seen in the engine room. Perhaps this was where he died. He seems to be deep in thought as if eyeballing a problem and thinking on how to fix it. There has been the spirit of a chief petty officer seen giving scowls at the visitors to the ships. To the ship. The CPO was said to have a fatal accident. He inadvertently backed into a spinning plane propeller. Perhaps that's why he doesn't like people on his ship. There has been reported a seaman being seen on deck. Perhaps he died there. At one point, a group of painters were doing a job and took a break for lunch. When they returned to the job, the painting had been completed for them. I want to visit the Lexington because, number one, I'm not that far from Corpus, and two, she's named my, like my hometown, Lexington, Texas. If there be ghosts there, so be it. I honor their sacrifice in service to their country. Next on our list, the USS North Carolina, BB-55. She's a North Carolina-class warship and fourth to bear the name of North Carolina. Commissioned April 9, 1941. Oddly enough, the anniversary date of the end of hostilities of the Civil War. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. She had a relatively short service life, being decommissioned at New York and laying at birth there until she was stricken from the naval roles and being purchased from the Navy for a mere $300,000 in a public-funded Save Our Ship campaign. She was sent down to Wilmington, North Carolina, and pushed, pulled, tugged, and cajoled 
up the Cape Fear River to its final home. But along the way, up the river, it took out a converted army troop ship turned restaurant called Fergus's Ark. That ship was too badly damaged and was never reopened as a business. But during her time in service, she had a distinguished career. Those zany Japanese kept making mistakes. They said they sunk the North Carolina at least six times. But she earned 11 battle stars, helped save the USS Enterprise during an enemy encounter. And for all the actions she saw, the North Carolina lost a total of 10 men in action, with only 67 having been wounded. When the North Carolina came home, she was dedicated on April 29, 1962, to the veterans of North Carolina of World War II and to the 11,000 North Carolinians who died in that war. The North Carolina is said to be home to at least one, and maybe only one ghost, a blonde-haired young man who appears in the passageways of the ships, of the ship, and will sometimes follow people during tours. Our final step is an unusual one. Two ships of the same name, USS Hornet, CV-8, a Yorktown-class carrier and seventh to bear the name Hornet. This particular ship endured possibly the shortest tour of duty of any of our ships in this story. She was commissioned on October 20th, 1941, and was sunk, defiantly it would seem, trying not to be destroyed, on October 26th of 1942, one year and six days. And she was finally decommissioned on January 13th, 1943. A short war life, to be sure, but one filled with glory. You see, it was this carrier, Hornet, selected to take the planes of what would become known as Doolittle's Raid on Tokyo toward the Japanese home island. April 2nd, 1942, the Hornet left Naval Air Station Alameda with 16 B-25s on her deck and an additional 70 Army Air Corps officers and 64 Army enlisted men in her complement. The story is well known from there. The planes took off early after having been spotted by a Japanese patrol boat. 200 miles extra to fly meant that reaching the landing areas in China after the raid would be nearly impossible. But the bombing, seen as payback for the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, worked more for national pride and morale than for any military effect. This Hornet was part of the Battle of Midway. She took part in the Solomons campaign and then took part in the Battle of the Santa Cruz Islands where she was severely damaged during the battle. And Admiral Halsey himself gave the order to abandon the ship and to scuttle it. Try as they might, the little Hornet held on to life, and as enemy ships moved into the area and American vessels retreated to a safe distance, Japanese ships took aim and did what the Americans could not do. They sunk 
their own ship. Hornet finally sank. During the battle, they lost 140 of their sailors. So much for that ship, but maybe, just maybe, her spirit was rekindled when the next Hornet came online. This ship finishes our tour and thus our story. The USS Hornet, CV-CVA-CVS-12, is an Essex-class ship originally named the USS Kearsarge, but renamed prior to launch in honor of the previous Hornet. Commissioned in November 1943, she served at World War II. She served during Vietnam, and she took part in the recoveries of Apollo 11 and Apollo 12 astronauts on their returns to Earth. She was decommissioned in 1970, and it wasn't until 1998 that she opened as a floating museum, the USS Hornet Museum in Alameda, Bay, Cal or Alameda California. In her service during World War II, she was under air attack at least 59 times, but she was never hit. Her aircraft destroyed 1,410 enemy aircraft. Only Essex herself exceeded this record. Ten of her pilots attained ace-in-a-day status, shooting down five enemy planes in one day. Thirty of her 42 VF-2 F-6F Hellcat pilots were aces. In one day, her plane shot down 72 enemy planes. And in one month, they downed 255 enemy planes. Her air groups damaged or destroyed 1,269,710 tons of Japanese shipping and helped sink the Yamato, which along with her sister ship, the Musashi, were the largest battleships ever built. In the 27-odd years Hornet served, it is estimated that over 300 people died on this ship. A disconcerting fact is that many individuals committed suicide aboard this ship. The Navy confirms that more suicides occurred on board the Hornet than any other ship. The stories of hauntings on board the Hornet are very general, moved or missing tools, heavy doors opening or closing without benefit of human locomotion. There are stories of ghostly workers toiling alongside mortal ones, phantom sounds, touches, grabs and pushes are also reported. But as I said, these are very general stories. Does it mean there are no hauntings on Hornet? No. Perhaps when a ship becomes a living thing, when all members of it doing their jobs correctly and honorably, then there is no reason for anyone to have unfinished business. When a crew acquits itself admirably, there is no need to recreate the situations which caused their deaths. Perhaps in the case of the Hornet, the first ship itself became the ghost and took control of its replacement, the lost sailors of the original lending a ghostly hand to the new crew in the carrying out of their orders.
perhaps in the afterlife, those fighting men who died on, their, on these vessels have heard the Father say, Well done, my good and faithful servants. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. To those who listen to this podcast and have served in the armed forces of America or in the armed services of your home countries, I salute you. Good job. Be at ease now. Your job is done. Thank you for listening to this episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Again, that's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Comments, stories, ideas, I'd love to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening. Have a good week.